Welcome to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, with your host, Vanessa. On this podcast, we talk about who your coach is when the name tag comes off. What makes this coach tick? How did they get started? And what kept them going? What coach inspired them? Do they have any passions outside of coaching? And most importantly, what do they want their legacy to be? Tune in to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach. Welcome back to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, Why Coaches Are Humans Too. On this podcast, we interview coaches across the nation to find out who they truly are and what makes them tick. And today, you guys, we have on Sarah from the Allen location. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. How's it going over there? I know there's some snow flurries over there where you're at. Yeah, it's a little cold. It's about 25 degrees today, but not too bad. <laughs> 25 degrees, not too bad. I don't know. In my Texas um, internal <laughs> kilometer, it doesn't really, I don't, I can't compute with that. Like, I need all of the layers. <laughs> Um, well, I went to school in Indiana, so it's way colder there. <laughs> no, I know. Our boss is from Chicago, and he lets us know all the, si- all the time that, you know, we have it pretty easy. It's not that bad. Um, but you're from, you're actually from Seattle originally. Is that correct? That is correct. I'm from Washington. Go Hawks. All right. Well, <laughs> I have been meaning to go over to Seattle just because I hear it's a lot like where I'm from, which is Austin, Texas. So is it... Is it the Keep Austin style or Keep Seattle weird still? Yeah, I would say they're very similar. Austin has like a music scene as well, which Seattle has. So I felt like it's similar. Yeah, yeah, I definitely hear a lot of really good things. When was the last time you were over in Seattle? Um, 2017, the same year I was actually in Austin. <laughs> oh, okay. How funny. And that – and. You know, the last time that you were in Austin was from a company. It was a Goldsmith competition. You know, a funny short story, you guys. Sarah and I actually know each other from uh, Voldemort, I mean, Gold's Gym. Um, and <laughs> we know each other through a Goldsmith uh, program. So it's really nice to reconnect finally, Sarah. I oh, know, definitely. We were both uh, coaches at competitive, like, competitive uh Goldfit, so this is good. I know it's so funny. It was a long time coming for sure. Um, so I I love having little icebreakers. So the first thing I want to ask you is your music taste. What kind of music taste do you have? What are you listening to right now? What's on your menu? Um, my music's eclectic, like my personality. I feel like uh, I like to listen to in the jungle because that was like my college song. Uh, but right now, like Warren Treaty, Love Like There's No Tomorrow, and definitely Champion by Carrie Underwood. <laughs> okay. Is there? Is it just because you love uh, the songs, or is there any meaning behind it? Um, for the Warren Treaty, Love Like There's No Tomorrow, I started listening to that during just when our communities were just going through so much these past few months, this past year. Um, and I thought just the message behind the song has stuck with me. And Champion is definitely my eight-year-old's favorite song to listen <laughs> to it before competition. So we sing it so loud to get, like, all her jitters out Aww. before she competes. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah, my dad my dad was definitely the rock scene. My mom was Motown. My grandma was a little jazz. Uh, and I definitely grew up with um, some uh, Stevie, Stevie Ray Vaughan growing up in Austin. So I definitely have a, an eclectic taste. But I remember so vividly singing, you know, Aretha Franklin with my mom. So those are really good memories. Oh, you'd love Warren Treaty then. <laughs> well, then, yeah. Then I'll definitely check it out. <laughs> So, Sarah, I want to get into it. I want to hear about your passion for this career. What got you into fitness? Um, Honestly, it's always been a significant part of my life. Just as a former athlete, I was a soccer and basketball player, and I went through a lot of injuries and setbacks, and I had coaches along the way that helped me get back to where I was and even be better and I wanted to provide the same experience for other individuals whether it be in athletics or just day-to-day life of achieving a goal that they didn't think they could yeah I can definitely connect with that um but something I've also thought about too is especially whenever the pandemic hit I was like man maybe I should be thinking about another profession I don't know if we're going to be able to come back has that thought ever crossed your mind like if you weren't in this profession what you would be doing honestly I mean not so much I was if I I was a teacher so and I'm K through 12 certified um, special education health and nutrition so even if I wasn't specifically in the fitness industry I would still be in the health and nutrition by teaching um, kids and our future young adults the healthy way of life. So I never really thought about getting out of it completely. Right, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely resonate with that too. I initially went in with the idea that I wanted to be a kinder teacher, um, went to school with that in mind, and thought I would end up being a PE teacher. But the more that I got the in-school experience, I was like, man, like, I just want, I want more time with the kids. I want to have a little bit more um, impact, uh, like an after school program. I felt like that would be more of like where I feel the best. So I definitely slid into personal training with that idea just to connect with kids, young adults. It just feels a little different. Like I love working with adults, but when you feel like you're a, a mentor or you're feeling like you can really be impressionable, I mean, because I, I remember PE teachers that are all the way dated back to, like, elementary school. So you definitely know mm-hmm. that you're, you're making, a, you know, an impression on these, on these young adults. Um, well, there's more, there's more freedom in what we do as fitness professionals than necessarily in the classroom setting. So I love having variety um, and just the ability to do things that you wouldn't necessarily do in a PE or health classroom. Right. And, you know, success comes in, you know, many different forms. It's not always the weight on the scale and it's not always, you know, what you can lift. I would love to hear about one of your favorite client success stories. Oh, my gosh. Hands down, my favorite person of all time probably is Olivia Hickey. She's um, a 78-year-old client of mine from Oklahoma City that I still uh, keep in contact with. I mean... I was actually training her 57-year-old son, and she had had a stroke, and he came to me, and I've always worked with um, athletes, former athletes, um, just that 
alpha mindset type. She didn't necessarily have to be an athlete, but she had never lifted a weight in her life, never played a sport in her life. She was a farmer, but man, she's an alpha, hands down. She had that mindset of, I want to be better. It ended up being a perfect match. Like her results, just watching her grow and pick up weights and find her strength. I, I never thought, honestly, I did not think she would accomplish what she did. I wanted her to, and I was like, I'm going to program, I'm going to be there for you, I'm going to push you, but she just took it on her own, and she's a toy, man, she's so strong now. Yeah, that's, I love that people, uh, for instance, I think I had a client that started when she was like, you know, late 60s, um, and I think that we ended, she was in Austin with me, I think we ended right around when she was turning like 72. But she had never lifted weights in her life. And obviously coming from that generation where she was told that women, you know, shouldn't be working out or couldn't do sports and things like that. Um, you know, the light in her eyes when, you know, she's told that she's stronger than some of my 20-year-olds. I was like, yeah. I was like, it doesn't, you don't have to um, say that you're too old to do anything. I mean, I feel like age, age sometimes for me uh, is just a mindset. Like, that's all I think about it. And... Yeah. It's more about your spirit. It's more about your will. It's more about, like, your discipline and your interests. But you can start at any age, and as long as you're in the right hands, um, you're definitely going to flourish. Um, but yeah. it sounds like... And I feel like even with that, it's, it's simple goals. You know, like, she came in and said, hey, I want to walk without my third leg, which was her cane. Yeah. I want to be able to walk. I don't want to have to take the elevator. I want to be able to go to the zoo. These are all things that oftentimes we take for granted. Yeah. And we have the full capability of moving, and we don't think about the future at hand. And now she doesn't use her cane. She walks miles at the zoo. She walks the stairs without holding on, things she thought she would never do. And I'm like, this is amazing. I still talk to her all the time. She's training with one of my really good friends now who's in Oklahoma City. So yeah yeah that's, that, awesome. that's one of my that same particular client one of her biggest accomplishments was still being able to shave her legs alone without thinking she was gonna fall and break her hip and it was just like <laughs> you know it's just like the simple things but you know what's nice about that is that when when I when I train those clients not only does it feel amazing to empower them again to do functional movements in their life but you also get that grateful mindset of like, wow, like I really need to show gratitude for my healthy body. Like I need to make sure that, you know, we're looking at the long game, the longevity. Um, and then I love sharing that with my younger clients because I'm like, thank you for taking interest and in investing in your in your life, in your lifetime, you know, and your yeah. overall quality of life. And I'm sure that, you know, both of them felt like we – uh, we definitely changed their life. I know that she she actually even said she was going to be writing a book and I was going to be in it. So I need to go check in to see if she's finished her book. <laughs> um, but um, who do you feel like has changed your life, coach or otherwise? Um, let's see. Definitely, I would say my grandpa. He was really hard on me. Uh, he was an Olympic athlete, a diver, and he expected the best, but I think the most important thing was even in my failures, he accepted and loved me, but never 
accept anything less than me going out there and doing my best. And I think for me, that helped me grow as an athlete, as a teammate, as a coach and leader, because he was specific. Like, he would literally, you know when we're little and we got frustrated with our coaches? Mm-hmm. And we were so like, oh my gosh, so, so. Like, I, every little girl does that, teen girl does that. And he would literally look me dead in the eye and be like, um, leaders make those around you better. So is this conversation helping you or anyone else? <laughs> and I was like, uh. No. Nope. <laughs> I was like, I, I just wanted to vet, you know? And he's like, that's not that's not making you better. That's not making them better. Like, you can control what you can control, essentially. And that's always your your effort and your attitude. And he'd always tell me my tongue. Watch your tongue. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, it's, yeah, my grandpa holds a special um, place in my heart forever. I love that. I love that generation that just has a very, like, sassy, very straightforward and blunt to the point. Um, that de- definitely sounds like my grandmother on my mom's side, for sure. She had a she had a fierce finger that she would shake at me if I was misbehaving. But um, I remember this concept, though, that um, – well, it's a, hopefully not too much of a dying concept where when you're eating at dinner with your family at a, at, at a dinner table and there's no no phones, no electronics, nada, um, you go around the table and you talk about uh, how did you fail today? And so it gives the concept that failure is part of life, failure is an exception, and if you're not failing, you're not trying. Um, so I loved that idea that instead of necessarily sharing, you know, what's good that happened today, like, let's focus in on the fact that how brave were you today? Did you fail? Did you try? Is there anything that you do like that with your family? Oh, all the time. When we sit at uh, the dinner table with my four little ones, um, we always ask them, what did you do today that made you feel great? And what did you do today that you can do better tomorrow? Um, And then all my kids, like, will give an example. And it's so funny coming from, like, a five-year-old versus an eight-year-old because they're so different at that age. But but just the thought process of, wow, I really felt good today that I was nice to my friend. Or um, I can do better by sharing. You know, and it's so simplistic. (laughs) but, But as adults, we also need to think about, hey, did, did, what did, what can I walk away from and where is my learning opportunity? It's like there always is a growth opportunity, whether it's with us or with our little ones or our clients for that matter. Yeah. I love, I love children's mindset and again, like candidness, like they are just so, they are observant and they're like a very much like a sponge. So I appreciate their observations because they call it like it is. Um, and something that you got into when your kids actually had originally gotten into it and then they, they actually got you in it. Cause I remember the funny story about your daughter calling you out. So I would love to hear about, um, the thing that you do outside of the gym that gives you life beyond training, that Brazilian jujitsu. Tell me about that. Well, I am not like a touchy feely affectionate. If you've ever watched that brother's and the Catalina <laughs> wine mixer with the brothers <laughs> trying to hug. That, like, me. So Brazilian jiu-jitsu seemed like a lot of, like, grown-up hugging to me. Yep. But my kids took to it, and they love it, and they compete. 
and my husband does it and I was like you know what I, I'm I'm pretty good at lifting weights so I'm good with like playing different sports I include a ball but this probably isn't my thing so um, nationals was coming up for jiu-jitsu and my daughter she was like well what do I get mommy if I win and I kind of looked at her and I go you get the pro- you get pride in knowing <laughs> that your hard work paid off. I mean, I'm not giving you something. Right. Uh, like you, you go out and you earn it, and then after you earn it, that that's your that's your reward is like this is mine. Not participation trophies. Don't get me on that soapbox. But anyways, yeah. My uh, my daughter. Do- I said, well, what do you want? And she said, I want you to get on the match. And I said, oh. And I, I like believe in her, but I didn't think she'd really go out and win, and um, she did. And so I went and got on the mats for my first class, and I was awful. I'm telling you, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I can't even touch my toes. I couldn't do a front roll. I was rolling sideways. The back roll was making me dizzy. So after class, I said, "Oh, well, I tried it, MJ," and she said, "Oh, mommy, you can't just try it once. You can't. You can't get." Um, better at anything or really know if you like it if you only do it one time and she's like you gotta give it at least a month you can't quit you don't let me quit any sports you always say we have to finish the season I was like I didn't know this was a season (laughs) (laughs) I I thought I was just trying it one time but I told her you know what you're putting my words back in my mouth so I I will give it a month because I want to show that you really have to try something you can't just quit because you weren't good at it the first time. Like, what lesson would I have been teaching her after I've been telling her this whole time? <laughs> she yeah. Working. So I stuck with it, and it's been like maybe five, four, four to five months now, solid. And I really love it. I enjoy it. I love doing it with my family. I look forward to when I leave work at night. That's what I go do. I get to go watch my kids, and then my husband and I take class together, and it's just been a great thing for our family. I love that so much. Yeah, I definitely, I don't know, I don't know. I'm probably, like, right in the mindset that you were at in the beginning where I, I could really hardly question if I would ever want to do something like that. But hitting mitts for me is, like, super fun. We used to have a coach here <laughs> that would always take me through some combinations. And when I tell you all we did was, like, 15 minutes, but I was dead. I was, like, dying. Hitting mitts for 15 minutes feels like a whole, like, two-hour workout. Um, so I can imagine Brazilian jiu-jitsu is probably around about the same, rolling around with a, an actual, like, full body. Um, but it, I know you mentioned before, you know, one false assumption people have about you is that you work all the time. But I'm glad that, you know, you're doing something so much with your family and, and doing the Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But I also have seen, like, a, a nice little trend with all of our trainers, um, especially everyone that I've interviewed so far. They're much more introverted and so I want to ask you, do you like your circle big or small? Are you an introvert? Do you classify yourself as a, um, a an extrovert? Like, where are you at on that scale? So, I mean, I believe I'm a performer in a way, to be honest. Like, when I'm coaching Alpha or when I'm on stage, I'm out there and I seem like an extrovert. So I would say I'm an extrovert because... I will talk to a tree. I love people. I love (laughs) learning about different cultures, different backgrounds, um, meeting different people in just every day. But, like, in terms of a big circle, I prefer mine 
smaller. So I keep my my family and people I consider family uh, are. It's a very small group, a very small group of people. But I love all. I just keep my my group, my group just tight. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I definitely think that's funny that you say it that way because so many of us have said the same the same kind of description. It's like we're choice extroverts, meaning like we can turn it on if we need to throw a class and we bring the excitement, we bring the energy. And, you know, if somebody walks up to me, I will literally ask you a million questions because I always stay curious. Like I love learning about anyone. Like I just, I want to, I want to know all of the details. Um, and obviously a lot of people that know me know that I, I love to talk. So (laughs) I maybe include too many details, (laughs) but, um, but you know, it is what it is, but yeah, but I, yeah, you know, on the weekends, I definitely like, I have to recharge by myself. So it's me and my dog and then I'm ready to go by the time (laughs) that I'm back at the gym and I'm ready to perform. Um, And I definitely love, you know, obviously listening to like podcasts and uh, reading books on the weekend. Are you reading or listening to anything fun right now? Um, Well, I listen to your podcast. Ah! (laughs) I listen to, uh, I listen a lot to like David Freeman and the uh, Lifetime podcast and things that are going to directly make me a better person yeah uh, or even a better coach and then i've read the infinite games if you haven't simon Sinek is incredible i love that guy uh, oh it's so good it's, it's i love thinking about the bigger picture because kobe is a perfect example like this is a small part of the rest of our lives yeah and like you can either like just grow from it or give into it and so that's what Simon talks a lot about is you have to see the bigger picture and how it all folds in and and not have this finite mindset of you have to do this by then because then you'll never grow so um both I'm both enjoy reading I read on the set mill actually people think it's weird but that's how I get my cardio in and then that way I don't hold on to the rails yeah (laughs) that's a nice little trick Yeah, I get. I definitely get my best thinking. Um, I get. I get my best thinking whenever I'm doing my cardio. I just need to get my heart pumping. Like the other day, actually, I probably looked like a crazy person the other day because I had this Instagram live that popped up, and uh, you're gonna have to go with me for a second because if you actually know me, you know I'm pretty like woo woo. Like I love like going into the spiritual realm and talking about all things spiritual. So. Um, Anyways, I was listening to this Instagram live where she was talking about the energy update, the planets. Yes, retrograde, all of the things. I know some people are going to roll their eyes and it's fine. Um, but I was t- I was writing little notes <laughs> while I was on the treadmill. So I was like trying to like balance my little um, my my little like notebook. But I like I she was having so many like aha moments for me and I was like I gotta write that quote down because it resonates with me so heavily um is there anything lately that's been a quote that you've been um like stuck in your head or that you hold close to your values and morals um I there's a lot of quotes but something that is significant to my family and myself is we have a chalk like one of those chalkboard pens um 
by our door. So when the kids grab their book bags as they're heading out, there is a sign that says um, adversity causes some to break and others to break records. Wow. So I always ask them, which one are you? Are you going to break or are you going to go break some records? And all four of my kids will be like, we're going to break records, Mama. I was like, okay, you do that. Because I, I believe that it's really important to teach those around you that you are in control of your own success. Uh, we can adapt and overcome uh, or we can like give up. And I feel like there's so much that has been going on in the world. I want my kids to know that they have choices and they can succeed, but ultimately they're the ones that are going to make that choice. Right. So I definitely would say that one is probably the most prevalent since it's by my door every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, so one of the things that I loved that, the, the particular Instagram live that I was referencing to, she was actually talking a lot about that, like that January was a moment of like, go, 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 um, create. Um, and it was just kind of like a very masculine energy type of month. And I liked the idea that February was more of uh, understand that anything that you have in your hands right now is all that you need. You don't need to continue to collect more, create more, um, just be and be present. And so that was really hard for me to sit with because I'm, I'm not a present thinker. I'm a very like, let me evaluate what I did wrong and let me, uh, look how I can do better in the future. So it makes me miss the now. Um, and so that's, you know, one of the things that I always have tried to practice, especially like you were talking about, like, when the pandemic and the quarantine hit, I was like, I always try to find the silver linings. Like, what can I can control right now? And what is this teaching me? And then my next thought is, what is this teaching me that I can teach others? Like, it's, it's just kind of like a natural habit of wanting to share the wealth of knowledge that I end up getting from my hard lessons. Um, just because I feel like it helps me feel better to know that I could be teaching someone else um, you know, from my hard lessons and hopefully it resonates and then they can take what they will from it. Um, but if you had to give one advice, uh, piece of advice to your younger self, what do you think it would be? Um, actually a good friend of mine who, uh, is a client of mine once said to me, Hey Sarah, choices lead, feelings follow. And when I look back, I'm a very passionate person, mm-hmm. and when I was younger, I led strictly off of emotion. And you don't think of the repercussions of those emotions or feelings that you're feeling. So if I could go back um, from my younger days, even like either whether it was a team captain or, or when I started in fitness, just tell myself choices lead and feelings follow, like I think some of my choices would have been better. And I would have been a better leader at the beginning, but at the same time, that's all a part of the growth process. Right. So um, I've learned along the way, but that's something that's going to stick with me is just make choices before feelings. Did you ever read that book that Aaron Cave was giving out to us, uh, the um, mindset, the psychology of success about the growth mindset? Yes. Yeah, because oh, we're all about growth mindset. Yes. You know, we always talk to and Tori Hale. Yes. Growth mindset. Yes. That's why, because you keep mentioning it, and that's what it keeps reminding me of is that I love that I that you know Aaron Aaron Cave was like one of my um, 
you know, I idolized him because he was just such a solid mentor. He would drop so many knowledge bombs when he, like, didn't even know that he was in his visits and our head coach calls. Like, I really, really I – I still look up to that guy because I remember a lot of things that he um, – just the way that he held himself. You know, there are bosses and then there are leaders, and there's a very big difference. And he was 1,000% a leader. Um and he, you know, he talked to me about that book, too. I think we talked about it, Leaders Eat Last, and just the, the mindset of, of you better be able to get down and dirty with your team and be able to work. And, you know, um, and I just, I, I loved him for that. I just thought he was such a solid human. Do you have any uh, mentors that you look up to? Oh, yeah, so this was, for me, I wanted to, this, I thought so much about this because, a mentor to me is someone that like leads you and guides you but can also be like honest with you you know and tells you uh how helps you grow and so i would say i kind of have a two that came to mind the most chance nichols who's actually my um regional manager here in the dallas area he handles like the day-to-day with me he teaches me the in and out of being a successful uh, personal training manager he oftentimes challenges me like and asks me well why this why not that why this but he doesn't necessarily try to change my personality or who i am because i'm i'm go 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 i'm fast paced and instead of like he teaches me that there are times to slow down there are times to speed up and so he's been a huge mentor for me since i moved to the dallas area and I think those people foster the most growth. And then David Freeman. So when I talk about my small circle of family, David and his wife and kids are part of my small circle. So now he's a mentor, like you were talking about Aaron. He's a leader, but he also embodies just lifetime and the healthy way of life. And I go to him when I'm frustrated. Um, when and instead of he'll listen but then he always leads with questions and sometimes that's frustrating because you just want someone to tell you you're right <laughs> yeah <laughs> even if, even if you're not right you just want to hear that you're right yeah but instead of doing that he'll ask me questions and then he'll guide me to find my own like my own answers because he always seeks to understand no matter what that's like his like let's like, seek to understand and he's honestly been a part of my lifetime journey from the very beginning yeah uh, and so he i just i can go to him with questions ideas concerns and i know i'm going to get genuine honest feedback and he's a total introvert too though that that is so hard to believe i don't believe that for a second i don't uh, believe that for a second I was, yeah he, he's, he's, I, I think he's introverted but he's willing to open himself up to others and i think that's something that i'm also learning from him like you can have a small circle and still open yourself up and help others grow and lead and grow yourself so both chance and david have been a big part of my growth um just as a person first and foremost and then definitely as a leader yeah well he he just is you know he's so he embodies living his mission and that's what I appreciate about David is that like no matter what level you know and and that's one thing about this lifetime lifetime as a company too um I have found many a humble leader which I really appreciate and David you know 
he just he has such a warm voice and he makes time for you and like you said like the way he words things it's just that he he genuinely cares like you you can tell that he is locked and loaded in every word that you have to say and he genuinely will do everything in his power to um make things happen for you he just i just he's just a good human um and i've actually got to meet him in Lindsay pretty early on too in my lifetime career so I'm really grateful for both of them because obviously like they're they're like brother and sister you know like they're um two very different personalities but they just complement each other so you know and I've talked to Lindsay quite a few times so I definitely look her look to her as a mentor but um I don't know if you've ever gotten the chance to speak with or meet um Dan um DK but he is um, he's definitely by far my, my mentor at my club. He is the funniest human being ever. Have you ever gotten to meet DK? No, but I love, I love leaders that allow themselves to laugh and like utilize that humor because it humanizes them and yes. more people are willing to open up to them. And so whenever Lindsay and David post their videos, it's like, <laughs> yes. I'm like, those dance moves, like, what is going on, Lindsay? Or David, like, you, come on, man. <laughs> oh, my God, I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, Dan Dan Kelly, If I mean, everybody knows Dan Kelly as the um, employee number two or agent number two, or I call him the dude. So if you know the dude reference. Um, but he was actually my cohort leader, and he – if, yeah, I don't even know how to explain Dan Kelly. I would love to get him actually on an episode because, you know, he's just a little angry Irish man that he does the same thing. He'll turn, he'll turn right back your questions on you and be, and, and he'll just, he'll just make you think. And he has one of those, um, stares where he's just staring straight into your heart and soul. And I'm just like, you know, you're a little too intense for me sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just not ready for that truth yet. <laughs> Um, you know, but, um, I think some of the hardest truths and hardest lessons are, you know, the biggest blessings too. So what is one thing, uh, what's one hardest lesson that you've had to learn in the past, but you're grateful for now? Um, I think people aren't always what they seem and you should, you need to be able to set boundaries, create them and keep them in whether it's work or life it's the most essential part in growing in any profession really um so i think in the past i like just let everybody in i would put my whole personality out there yeah. and it, it was just and some things are made to be kept inside yeah. <laughs> and so just learning those boundaries have been great lessons for me and it's a i'm continuing to grow and and learn that aspect but i definitely have had some hard lessons that i've learned from so i'm appreciative for them though i wouldn't be who i am or where i am um if it wasn't for them yeah i can definitely definitely resonate with that considering in our field we wear many many hats right and one of them is a therapist yep. And uh, a lot of a lot of us feel like very empathetic people. We're empaths. So, um, in the beginning mm -hmm. of, of my career, I had no idea how to close myself off. Like I had no idea how to create boundaries. I was like working all crazy hours, always responding, going above and beyond. Like 
and that's all good and great but at the at, when it's at, at a cost of like you know your mental energy and um you know, it, it just, you, you end up getting off balance too much. So boundaries mean love, you know, boundaries mean like I respect myself and, you know, and I respect you. And, um, cause I feel like too, whenever you show a boundary, someone understands that they also maybe need to create a boundary for themselves for others. So, um, that's definitely a lesson I've learned probably far too late in my life, but I've learned it nonetheless. Um, but again, sometimes I love learning lessons from kids because they are not, uh, they don't beat around the bush. They are very straightforward. So I would love to hear what each of your kids have taught you. Um, well, I have four of them. So I probably <laughs> have had a lot of lessons throughout the years on both sides. But my youngest, her name's Jaden, she's five. She's actually best friends with David's daughter harley they go they're in the same class they call each other twins and if you argue (laughs) with them they'll tell you they're twins but she has definitely taught me in life and just in work that you can't ever underestimate someone's grit regardless of the size since she's the smallest of my kids but i would say she's definitely the most fear like fierce and she doesn't have any fear and she won't back down and that is I go into work and life every day. Like, Jaden went back down from this. I can't back down from this. Yeah. And then Phoenix is my um, six-year-old, one of my six-year-olds. He has this, he drives me crazy, by the way. I love him, but he's (laughs) super hyper. He's go, go, go. Like, just sit still for two seconds. But he has this smile (laughs) that can change a person's day. He's the first to hug you. And I, when I leave and he gives me that big smile, either when I pick him up at, at school or drop him off, I try to go every day um, with that knowing, even though you can't see my smile, you can see my eyes light up right now because I'm wearing a mask. But <laughs> I try to know that a smile can change someone's day completely or yeah. even their mood or just that joy. And then I'm not... It, Empathy is probably my greatest area of opportunity working on empathy. So John Davis, he um, is, he loves unconditionally. And he is aggressive and strong, yet he remains empathetic. And I love that you can have both sides of those. Like he chooses when to do it, whether it's in hockey or jujitsu. If, if he chokes you out or puts you in an arm bar, he'll be the first <laughs> to be like, are you okay? Yeah. And help you up, Aww. you know? And so he, he's the first one to help anyone. And then MJ, my oldest, she's the one that taught me the jujitsu lesson, and she's eight. I honestly, and you and I were talking about this, um, she plays both hockey and uh, Brazil and BJJ, which is dominated mostly by a lot of males. Right. But she never sees it as boy versus girl or as a setback. She always views it as an opportunity to be the best she can be. Like, she never says, I'm going to beat that boy. I'm going to beat that girl. She's like, I'm going to go out there and do the best I can. And she does it with smile and a grace. And I took her to work with me today because they're doing, like, asynchronous schooling. And she got her hair done in the spa, and our cafe manager, like, got her at lunch. That's so sweet. And she just, she has, I go every day knowing it's not, I'm not a female leader, although I am. I'm a a woman in leadership, 
But at the end of the day, I'm a leader. My job is to help others become leaders. And she definitely teaches me that on a day-to-day basis. Like, just go out there and win. Yeah. Like, regardless of what it is, who it is, male, female, what sport or job you're doing. So every they they teach me something every day but and their personalities are all so different so it works well like they're they're my i mean they're why i do what i do like i they're just amazing you'll have to meet them they're so cool yeah i would love i would love to meet them they sound like person you know their own little personalities like you said but i love i love that you have them in you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, because I feel like a lot of martial arts teaches uh, mindset and mentality like a lot of sports cannot, you know, like, and we were talking about having that, you know, female leadership opportunity, um, because obviously females can offer mindsets different than males. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, your desire for female leadership and kind of like you know, your ideas on that. I would love for you to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. I feel there's an area of opportunity, not just as a company or community, but there are a lot of strong leaders that do not take on roles such as whether it's a GTC or a personal training manager or whatever it may be. I know specifically in our region, we have Keisha Sproles, who is a dynamite but outside of her like there's not we need to set the standard and you myself we need to start like what teaching female women that yes you can do it all you can be a mom you can coach you can be in leadership and definitely being a leader doesn't mean having a title by any means but you should feel that you can go after that role if you are qualified for it and not be scared by the schedule or oh there's not a ton of females like we can change that and it starts with you it starts with me we need to we need to teach other women i think for my role i want to grow in the company i'm going to be the personal training manager at frisco um it's why i moved to texas from oklahoma city and I want to hire strong females around me, as well as other qualified individuals, of course, right. and help them grow and see that they can do it. Because I feel like a lot of people don't think they can, and I want to change that. So that's one of, something I'm very passionate about. Um, and I think just this podcast is something that can help bring recognition to that. Yeah, I wanna. I want to be able to elevate many voices, and that's kind of the idea behind the podcast. Is that everybody has a story worth hearing and sharing and telling? And obviously, I'm. I, I am biased. I'm okay with saying that towards female voices because I do feel like we are in a male-dominated industry. That's not a secret. Um, and sometimes it comes with the idea that females maybe think that they're not qualified or they're scared to go after you know, certain opportunities. And to that, I say, why not? Like, why not you? Why not now? And, you know, why don't you just ask or just try? Like, you never know. Um, and, you know, I've, I've always had a pretty dominant voice. And it actually kind of came from soccer because I was a midfielder and I had to own the field. And so I've never really apologized for taking up space. And I've never, you know, I grew up with guys and my mom was, um, 
the one that was quote unquote wearing the pants you know like she she showed me a boss lady attitude growing up she was the one that was you know a neonatal nurse practitioner so she was gone 24 48 hours at a time and luckily my dad was very supportive like he was like yes go get it like go get the next manager position you know um, and so that helped being in a household where it was women empowerment was very normal and embraced and supported. Um, and so I, I just want to con- continue to be an advocate towards helping each other. And I definitely can speak from experience that I had a really hard time with female relationships. Um, and I've, I've had to really work on that. Um, but I think that if there's anything that anyone can take away, if you're a female listener, is that I'm not your competition. I'm your sister. And I want to support you. And I want the best for you. And there's enough success to go around. And, you know, you're, you're meant to be where you're meant to be. So I'm not taking any jobs. And you're not taking any jobs, you know, where I'm supposed to be. Um, I just think that we need to support each other so much more. There doesn't need to be the tearing down and the and and the belittling and the you know all we can offer is our shape, size, and beauty. Like that's trash and that's old news. So um, yeah, I'm definitely very passionate too about supporting female <laughs> voices. Like don't get me started. <laughs> but the um, opportunities are there. Like they are. I'm a, I, just even the area I'm in, like can't. He is open to who's ever the most qualified and who's going to go after and, and win, you know, whatever, whatever that may look like for that day. And I think the opportunities are there, and we just need to help pick each other up. And, and like you said, it's not me versus you. Like, what can we do together as a whole? Right. And so I think this is a great opportunity even to discuss it because I, I – do have four kids. I chance yesterday or the other day, I my kids' to school got canceled for weather, and I was like, okay, what do I do? I I don't know. Like, if I don't go in, then do I? Does it look bad that I didn't go in because my kids don't have school? Are they going to see me differently? And that is a thought. And you know, he sent me a text and said, I understand school was canceled. Do what you have to do to take care of your family. And I want people to know that's a lifetime. Keep my regional. Yeah. He literally said, family is important. Do what you have to do. I'll support you. Because he knows I'm going to get the job done. And I think it starts with the leaders even above us is creating that culture of care, knowing that we can help each other out. You know, if my assistant class manager needs to bring her kids in, we're going to make it work in order for all of us to be successful. And I think that's what it takes. And I'm in a club right now. Alan exemplifies that more than any place I've ever been. Like, everybody will step in and help everyone. And it helps me um, be able to do what I need to do. I mean, plus I have the most supportive husband you like could ever meet in your life. He's amazing. He moved here to Texas so I could follow my dream of grand opening, um, a club as a personal training manager. And he told me, go after it. And I literally was like, Oh, I don't know if I can get it. And he was like, you don't know if you don't go, don't second guess yourself. You got this. And having that sounding, I think, I will forever love him more than I could have ever imagined because instead of holding me back, he pushed me forward and picked me up. And I think we all need that person in our life. Yeah, I think 
that it's interesting. I'm glad to hear that at multiple clubs because coming from a previous company that wasn't great at supporting <laughs> that to say, and that's putting it kindly. Um, I think that, you know, having a team, for instance, right now, and I can say this cause it, you know, this episode will air much later, but we have a, uh, a female in the salon, um, who's really close with all of our trainers. And unfortunately, you know, she's a, she's a mom of two. Um, dad is actually a trainer, not here, but she was putting up her groceries up on a three, you know, three story apartment. And somebody ended up grabbing her bag with all of her salon uh, supplies in it. So she is unable to do her work. And we like, we love her so much. She's like a super ray of sunshine. Um, and right now they were even like saving money to, to buy a car. So uh, if you can imagine a pair of scissors can cost $300, you can imagine her whole set probably, you know, was very valuable. So right now, like within a couple days of hearing the news, we've already done like a private GoFundMe and we're going to raise some money for her just because we know that she just is so impactful in all of our lives. And I love that there's that cross relationship with the salon and the trainers and like our whole club. And we just, we know she's a mom. She's busting her butt. And, um, and she is a boss lady. She's such an awesome personality. Um, but I love that we do that here. And it's just, it's not, it's not a thought. It's just like, we got to do this. Like we come together. So I appreciate that so much from just that, that that's what this company encompasses. Um, okay. I do want to get into some of the most important pieces of our episodes where I love talking about things that we live by the three truths. So what are three truths, Sarah, that you know to be true and you live by? Uh, first and foremost, uh, family is the foundation of everything in life. Like there are, there are future, um, there are present, there are everything you do. So my family, um, and it, it, to me, family isn't necessarily like your blood, but your inner circle. Uh, that I go through every life, like every day, just trying to make sure that I'm making my family proud and helping them. I would say number two, integrity. Um, because we literally just talked about this in one of our leadership huddles. Is It's the most powerful quality of leadership or as a, in, just in general, of human human nature without it there's no vision there's no trust um you can't grow if the integrity isn't there so i no matter what happens i'm going to do what's right by people right even if it's not the most financially or it doesn't make sense for someone else if it is the right thing to do i'm going to do it right (laughs) um and then Definitely, the truth that I know is you are in control of your own future. Like, we make, I hear so many excuses just in general, in life, people arguing, people blaming this or blaming that. Um, ultimately, what are you going to do about it? Right. Like, it's, you're, you're taking the time use words that aren't making you better and it stems right back to my grandpa I was just gonna say controlling yeah (laughs) Yeah, so I would say those are my three truths family integrity and 
control your own future. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And I'm sure that is going to be, you know, part of your legacy. Uh, and I was just having this discussion with uh, one of our leadership positions. I was like, you know, when you think about it, because we'll have her episode too soon, very soon. She's definitely a boss lady. Um, but, you know, what do you want? You know, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want your legacy to be? If you were ever to leave, you know, even the location of uh, that you're at right now, what do you want the ghost of Sarah to feel like to people um, when you when you leave? Oh, that's a that's a loaded question. <laughs> I would say um, I want members for putting others first, doing what's right, and that, and giving my all. Like I my team members to know that I always do what's right by them. If they need to make more do this, I'm going to find a way to help them be successful in whatever like way that is for them. And then I want my children, they are my legacy. My children are my legacy, like hands down. I want them to have confidence in themselves. I want them to, um, earn their own success, like earn their success. Um, it's not going to be given to them. I won't give them anything. Uh, and so I want them just to know that honesty, integrity, love is what is going to guide them and know that I set the foundation for them because I, so I don't know if I answered that, but hopefully. No. Yeah. I love it. I love your answers. Sarah, I, I'm so grateful for spending so much time with you. You know, time time is the most expensive currency. You know, we, we only get so much of it. So I appreciate you making the time in your busy schedule. Um, you're definitely, if and when and ever I have kids, you're definitely somebody I talk to <laughs> about how you raise your kids. I just, I love hearing your whole family dynamic. It's such a beautiful dynamic. Um, is there anything that you would like to share that we didn't get to share before we leave today? Um, not that I can be. I am going to be in Austin for Ooh. an Olympic lifting meet, so we could probably catch up and have a coffee. Oh, definitely. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> I would love to know the details, and if, if they let enough spectators in, that would be fun to go see you. Uh, I keep forgetting about that. I'm like already thinking about the future, like normal. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting. I, I'm moving towards it. I'm super excited that we're doing 60 day and 60 days launching. And I love having that fresh start idea. It's been a year. That's nuts to me. A year. It's a new beginning. I'm doing 60 day. I'm trying to figure out what my goals are going to be. So, I know how I'm how cute are the that. shirts? Hello, muscles. That's so funny to me. Um, Daughter asked if she could have one. Not <laughs> my five year old was like, "What does your shirt say, mommy?" I was like, "Hello, <laughs> muscles." And then she like flexed and was like, "Do I get one?" I was like, uh, uh, "I talked to David. Maybe he can get you one." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Again, Sarah, thank you so much. We'll definitely include your social handle in the details. Um, but thank you so guys, thank you so much, guys, for listening to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, where coaches are humans too. I appreciate every human in their journey, and I hope to continue connect, to connect and shed light on how uniquely beautiful we all are. 
It's our differences that make us unique, but it's our humanity that brings us together. Stay healthy, my friends. This is your host, Vanessa, signing out. Thank you so much again for listening to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to hit that subscribe button. We are broadcasting on anywhere you can find other podcasts like Apple, Spotify, and of course, Anchor, where we're recording this podcast now. If you really loved it, which I'm sure you did, we would appreciate a five-star review and a share with all of your friends. Until next time, this is your host, Vanessa, signing out. Stay healthy, my friends.